0: You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. It's time for straight talk about diversity, frank questions, honest answers, and real insights. It's Diversity Straight Up, a Corridor Business Journal podcast with your hosts, Sadika Bodka and Anthony Arrington.
1: On today's episode... They weren't asking, no one was asking questions of them. They didn't feel engaged. And that segued into, I don't have any ideas about this project or this this problem we're trying to solve.
2: You need to know how your team is feeling, how your talent is doing. You need to connect with them. If the heart is gone, they are gone. And that is what engagement is all about.
1: About diversity, the person who even has apprehension about diversity is a diverse person themselves.
2: At Collins Aerospace, we believe that fostering an inclusive environment makes our employees feel valued. It also helps our business succeed. By encouraging diverse viewpoints in the workplace, we're redefining futures. It's why we proudly support the Corridor Business Journal's diversity podcast, Diversity Straight Up. When it
0: comes to promoting diversity and inclusion, the City of Cedar Rapids is on board. We believe diversity drives innovation increases creativity, and helps build a more inviting place to live and work.
2: We're proud to support Diversity Straight Up and all efforts to build more inclusive communities.
0: Hi, this is Adam Moore, editor with the Corridor Business Journal based here in Eastern Iowa. Thanks for joining us today. I'm excited to have uh, the privilege here to uh, introduce our newest podcast in the CBJ Stable, Hopefully you've already been listening to our first podcast, Real Success, with Nate Kading. And today we're uh, excited to introduce our newest podcast that's going to be focusing on diversity and inclusion. You know, have you ever wondered about how your CEO feels about diversity? Or maybe what experiences leaders have had that shaped their philosophy in the workplace? Well, I'm excited to introduce this new podcast with two great hosts. We're going to be talking about authentic conversations with C-suite executives and we're going to explore equity, diversity, inclusion, and engagement in the workplace. So without further ado, I want to introduce the two hosts of our new podcast, Diversity Straight Up. We've got Sarika Bakta and Anthony Arrington. How's it going, guys? Hey, how you doing?
2: Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Let's get right to it. I'd love to have you two explain the name of our new show, Diversity Straight Up. What were you thinking uh, as we kind of came up with that?
2: I don't know about you, Anthony, but everywhere that I go, I hear from people they want to know what leadership thinks about diversity, what leadership wants to do about diversity, what have they done on their personal journey and professional journey that have enabled them to leverage diversity, and more importantly, why can't they be real and authentic about some of the challenges that, that they mm-hmm. experience, so that they can learn from it?
1: Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think we, one of the things we were talking about is authentic conversations, and the, the word that we hear oftentimes in, community, in the business community is, uh, you know, Jimmy... You know, he's fake. Uh, he doesn't really care about diversity. Um, you know, they just have a sign on the wall; it doesn't mean anything. And you're so, referring to maybe like leadership—the yes, people that are kind of right. in charge of this. It's always leaders on this pedestal, right? Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is bring the focus on the leaders that drive diversity within the business community and within their organizations. Because or who
2: don't drive, or
1: who don't drive exactly, Sarica, who doesn't drive, <laughs> because <laughs> this is what we're seeing—it's yeah. got to be driven from the top. And and so. We don't want to just have conversations about, oh, that's great. You've got a diversity program, and that's wonderful. And you have mm-hmm. a potluck every every month, and well, that's great. You, you talk to the African-Americans in February. That's wonderful. No, we want to know <laughs> sure. what you think. What was your journey? What was it inside of you that changed or manifested in your life, personal or professional, mm-hmm. that really drove the way that you lead in business?
0: I think this all sounds great. I mean, the question to me is, why are we doing this here in eastern Iowa uh, with the CBJ? I mean, we're happy to do it. And we'd love to have this conversation, but, uh, you know, why here? Why not in in what people would consider more diverse markets, you know, on the coasts and in global cities? Why here?
2: We're doing this in Iowa because we are living in Iowa. We are working in Iowa and being part of the heartland of America. We have to make change. When I pitched this to John Lohman, the publisher and CEO of the Corridor Business Journal, he said, let me find some sponsors. And we were able to find sponsors right off the bat. So that shows that there is significant interest Mm -hmm. in the business community to have discussions about diversity, more importantly about developing skills that are essential for the 21st century to be global leaders because Mm. our backyard, Iowa, is diverse. Granted, if you think it from a racial ethnic perspective, Anthony, people will overlook Iowa. They don't even know that Iowa isn't Idaho. We get overlooked all the time. And when you think about the stats and data, this is a great place to do business, but in the heartland of America, everything starts here, but we're part of the global Absolutely. fabric.
1: We need the rest of Iowa to know that there are minorities, there are LGBTQ, there are military veterans, there are people in this community that are productive, but they're not all white. And sure. we know that Iowa is 97% white, so we're here. We want to raise the awareness. Of why diversity is important in the state and particularly in our community.
0: Okay, I think this would be a, a great chance to introduce our hosts a little bit more so the uh, listeners can get to know who's going to be leading these great conversations uh, in the year ahead. So we're going to start with Sarika Bhakta, who's president of Nikea Diversity Consulting and our very own certified diversity executive. Uh, Sarika, tell us about your journey here and kind of your business and what you do.
2: Well, thank you, Adam. I. Love the work that I do. I guess I came to my aha moment. I don't know if it was a midlife crisis, but (laughs) worked in a very, very hostile workplace culture. And it just made me realize that my time can come at any day. Mm -hmm. It can be five minutes from now, it can be tomorrow. I needed to make a change in my life. And I realized the only person that can make that impact change is me. So it made me go and veer into getting my credentials as a certified diversity executive, realizing that as a leader, those are skills that I will always need. How can I be equitable? How can I be inclusive? How can I leverage diversity? At the end of the day, I realized that I wanted to help companies and regions create a workplace culture. Being on the other end of it, the other side, Mm -hmm. I know what it felt like. And so I wanted to be able to use my credentials to be able to make an impact. So I realized I found what my legacy and purpose in life was to inspire and empower Diverse leaders to deliver innovative results. And when I say diverse leaders, it's not just leaders that are of color. Diverse is each and every one of us who can lead at any level. Correct.
0: Anthony uh, Anthony Arrington is a managing partner with Top Rank Professional and Executive Search and Consulting uh, here in Cedar Rapids. Anthony, you just founded this firm pretty recently.
1: Yeah, is that right? yep, just about a year ago. But yep. you've been
0: working in this space for a while. So tell us a little yeah, bit uh, yeah, about so kind of your path. And absolutely.
1: Absolutely, it's actually interesting. Um, so I was working for a, another uh, staffing agency for several years. And um, again, I always say growing up in, in Iowa, growing up in Cedar Rapids, uh, where we're from here, um, knowing that's 97% uh, Caucasian, I, I'm comfortable um, navigating in the world as an African-American. Um, but as I begin working for the staffing agency, now my job is to help other people mm-hmm. get jobs. And I was, about 80% of my business was in was in uh, manufacturing. And so, um, Oftentimes when I would walk into these these companies and, and visit with my clients um, and tour the facilities, I would rarely see anybody uh, of color in leadership positions. Um, I would rarely see any women uh, on the manufacturing floors. Um, if I did, they were in entry level positions. Um, or if I did see women in leadership roles, they might be in human resources. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the time, but, but very often. And so it just began to jade me over time that there's something that we could do about this if we begin to become more of an advocate for, diversifying the leadership amongst organizations because leaders tend to, uh, people with authority tend to hire, fire, look and mm-hmm. talk to people that look, walk, talk and act like them. And so I thought w- w- there's probably something that we can do about this. And I began to become more of an advocate for, for diversity and inclusive hiring and begin to go into conferences and, and um, learning from other leaders. Um, and it really began to make me think there's something in my position that I could do in my community to make a difference. And so I started making some steps um, and I just at the time I don't think my organization we were on the same page yeah um which is fine great Mm -hmm. great organization we just thought differently about this topic and I I had a vision and a passion that was different and uh so I was either going to have to make a decision to continue to to ride this wave or do something else um and so um a good uh relative of mine who was a CEO at an organization here in town had the same vision I didn't know it he called me out of the blue one day and said we we should put a a search and consulting firm together that's focused on hiring diverse candidates and diverse leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had never thought about that with my business. And so um, I said, that's a good idea. did some research, found out it was a great, great opportunity. And another friend of mine three days later came to me with the same idea. So there was something in the air that said, you need to go start this organization. And uh, that's how we got off the ground. Um, I decided to jump off the bridge and say, <laughs> if, I, if I have to make a change, uh, I have to be in a position where I can make my own decisions. And yeah. this, is a, this is an opportunity to do it. So.
0: We went through a lot of debate in picking the name of this show, right? I think we can all agree on that. It took a while it did, it did. Uh, to come to diversity straight up, but I think we all really kind of settled on it and love it. Um, to play kind of devil's advocate, however, I know that there was some concern about that word diversity. I don't know if it's got a capital D or what, but diversity, right? That We were worried that some people would push back against that. It's almost become too buzzwordy um, in corporate circles. So my question is, you know, what do you say to kind of the naysayers the people that kind of turn away when they hear the diversity word they don't want to engage with it what's what's kind of your response to that
2: those are the individuals that I want to engage with there's a reason why I'm in the work and the space that I am today mm-hmm. when I walk into the room and when I say the word diversity I want each and every one to resonate with that word diversity at the end of the day is differences so no matter how we slice and dice it what have we heard Anthony
1: Uh, Oh, inclusive. We've heard uh, economic inclusion, representation. uh, representation.
2: Those are all good if that's what works for you. But I know that Anthony and I, when we discussed um, our journey, what we want to do, we want to have diversity be something that we address head on. Mm -hmm. And again, diversity is each and every one of us and that is how can we leverage diversity as an asset Mm -hmm. so maybe in companies if uh, they don't have racial ethnic diversity then that's an opportunity for them to enhance diversity in that segment that aspect so we want to really talk about diversity and help People resonate with that word, mm-hmm. and diversity in of itself is not going to be the magic pill. Okay, Adam, yeah. it, you're not going. To,
0: it's be, not going to solve everything no, in the workplace.
2: No, no. And
1: we'll, we'll break those. We're going to. We'll spend some time breaking those terms down and, and getting in a little yeah. more detail on that. But, but to Sarika's point, um, it's easy. Diversity is a low-hanging fruit. We think about color and gender, and we should. Okay. And we should, particularly, we, we know what's going on in, in our particular region of the, of the country we live at. But, so we understand that, but the problem is, and I shouldn't say it's the problem, but the challenge is that, and I like to use your words, Erica, that pendulum <laughs> has swung so far that it becomes a defensive term, right? When suddenly you talk about diversity in a company, like the middle-aged white guy thinks he's gonna lose his job, right? Right,
0: like, it, it becomes oh God, alienating at a certain Like, I'm gonna lose my
1: job, right? That's That would be anti to what we're trying to do. What we're saying is, no, the white guy's not gonna lose his job. What we're saying is, there are plenty of other guys and gals that look different, shape different, talk different, think different. And you have to think about diversity. The person who even has apprehension about diversity is a diverse person themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they need to look in the mirror and, and understand that. And then how do we apply that in the, in the workplace and in society in general? So,
2: it's, it's a two-way yeah, street there, is. OK? Because it's not just the white person. It's yes. also the others that have to realize yeah. that they don't own the word diversity. Yes. And this is where I am a firm believer that no one should own the word diversity and it's not just others. Yes. And if you have uh, someone who is white that stands up and says, I'm diverse, are you going to get mad and upset at them? Exactly. I hope they don't. Mm -hmm. And that is where we need to come to a point where everyone can say that they are diverse. Right. Where are areas that they can enhance diversity in their circle, in their professional circle?
1: Absolutely.
0: I think those are all great points, and you know we're going to have CEOs from across the country kind of weighing in on these topics. So, uh, going to be a great year ahead of, of these kind of conversations. I think it'd be really helpful for our listeners right now, um, as we are setting up for the show. Uh, you two kind of mentioned there's really four key words or key tools that we'll be talking about in the course of the show. So, I think it'd be really beneficial to unpack those for our listeners. So, um, so let's start with the, the first one. You, you mentioned equity. Can kind of help me unpack that? What does that mean
1: to you?
2: Equity is what we have access to.
1: This is the process.
2: Diversity is what we have.
1: This is the difference.
2: Inclusion is what we do.
1: This is the action.
2: Engagement is what we feel.
1: This is your heart, people.
2: Okay, I know they may have been a little corny here, right, Anthony? We're, we're <laughs> corny, aren't we? Though, Sarah? That's all right. But why are we unpackaging these terms? Yeah,
1: let's let's dig into it. Let, let, let's dig into... Why? each of the terms because we know this and we, we want our listeners to understand everybody thinks diversity is the buzzword the term it's just diversity and they think equity and equality and inclusion as we were talking earlier they try to hide these words I don't know if hide's the right word but they try to massage they the word diversity them a bit right, other terms. by using words like inclusion yes or equity and they're actually different oh, they're actually different very different
2: very true or I have seen how over the years in academia they use equity a lot And then after academia in corporate America, they weren't really talking about equity. It was diversity. And then it was inclusion. And then it's like, oh, DNI. I'm like, what happened to the equity piece? Remember the die
1: thing? The diversity, equity, or inclusion and equity is die. Yeah, die.
2: (laughs) 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 Or I like how they say that inclusion and they're not even thinking about engagement. And with disengagement statistics being so high, globally, it's about 80%. Right of employees globally that are disengaged. So So why do we not have engagement as part of this holistic piece? And that is, I think, the reason why we want to unpackage the terms. It is holistic. It's not as if diversity sits in an office or it's just under HR and it's just um, checking off the box, we got this. It has to be part of your workplace culture embedded integrally. So So,
1: let's give our audience, let's let's kind of define and let's kind of give examples of what each of those words mean and how they differ.
2: Sure. So So equity, I said, is what we have access to. It's the process to get to the equal outcomes. We always have people confuse equity and equality. And think about this, listeners. Equity is your process. If you don't have processes that are equitable, that's where your biases are going to creep in. But if your processes are equitable, you're going to get to your equal outcomes that you're trying to get to.
1: Absolutely. I always like to use the example, and uh, when I present, give the example of a person with a disability. Mm -hmm. So we come into the same job and uh, we're supposed to both know how to do that job. It's Mm -hmm. equal opportunity. I get you the job, right, Adam? You should be able to do it, right? right, absolutely. Well, no one knows that Adam's got a hearing problem, right? Well, if I were to provide some tools for Adam at the office to enhance his hearing in the computer so he could hear, Adam can perform this job just as well as Anthony. Anthony doesn't have a hearing problem, Adam does. That's equity, that's giving somebody an opportunity Mm -hmm to be their best just like you are. And so, there's different, equality, yeah, we're all equal. Uh, Everybody's equal, right? It's equal. No, we're not equal, but we need to create equity so everybody has an equal opportunity. That's a little different. Okay. How about diversity?
2: Diversity, for me, that's the easiest part. Why? Because diversity is differences. Whether you're looking at it from a humanity perspective, geography perspective, facilities perspective, leadership styles, management styles.
1: Geographic.
2: Differences, political differences socioeconomic differences, it Mm -hmm. is just differences. So for me, I always feel like out of these four puzzles, diversity is the easiest one because you have it. Mm -hmm. Now the key is how do you use it to leverage it with equitable processes and inclusive behaviors to get to the engagement. Let's talk about inclusion. This one I have a little bit of beef with.
1: The problem is the low-hanging fruit. Everybody thinks diversity is color and gender. And that's why we have to understand those differences
0: so let me get this straight you're saying that diversity extends beyond that kind of white black gender distinction i mean it's it's much deeper than that
1: absolutely much deeper i mean as uh, because i I think
0: that's honestly why um the middle-aged white guys which i'm on my way to being you know get defensive (laughs) (laughs) you look good because it's black (laughs) it's black and white it's gender it's these things that I am not necessarily, but you're saying it goes way deeper than the I mean, surface level,
1: and it's part of that. Sarah, please pipe in. It's part of that mindset, right? If we could get to a point where we've got the 55 year old white guy understanding that he is diverse as well, right? He may be short. He may come from the south, has a different way of speaking, a different way to cook his food. Um, she may come from the east coast. Those are diverse differences, and and in business, they matter because they shape the way you think they shape the way that you solve problems. Mm -hmm.
2: It's different perspectives. Diversity is an opportunity. I always say sometimes it can be challenging because it's gonna take a little bit longer to get to your outcomes when you have different thoughts, different way of processing, but at the end you're also gonna get a better outcome. Mm -hmm. And that is why for us when we're thinking about diversity, it's differences. And I think that um, as leaders, you need to harness the differences that you have on your teams. And this is probably where we are gonna be having conversations with the leadership. Mm -hmm. 82% of the time companies get this wrong. They hire unqualified managers. Those are key positions that have multiple touch points in the organization. Managers that don't have the interpersonal skills or their cultural competency to harness the differences on their team.
0: So we've got equity, we've got diversity. Our third tool would be inclusion. Tell me about what that means.
1: That fun word inclusion.
2: (laughs) I said I have a beef with it, right? I don't necessarily have a beef with it, but inclusion is, you're hearing a lot of it. This is where I feel the buzzy words comes in. It's very buzzy, Mm -hmm. inclusive. Let's put inclusion before diversity. And I understand you wanna have a workplace culture that is going to allow for diverse talent, diverse thoughts to be able to be successful in the workplace. But inclusion, we're talking about behaviors. Let me ask you, when you were invited to a meeting, you were included at a meeting. Are you always engaged at these meetings? So that's the difference with inclusion and engagement. Inclusion is we can include people, and I've been included in meetings, but if the environment is not conducive for me to fully provide my feedback or give my perspective, I will mentally disengage. And so there's a, something that we have to be very mindful of when we talk about, oh, let's focus on inclusive behaviors, inclu- inclusive workplace cultures, or inclusive regions. At the end of the day, I need to know how you are feeling. Hey, Anthony, are you engaged? Adam, are you here? Right. Are you liking this? Are you feeling engaged right now? Yeah. Because if I'm not thinking about that, I'm just thinking, oh, my behavior is to include you, but I'm not thinking taking the next step.
1: Yep. Yep. So it's about, it's, well, it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, but organizations will assume that they're diverse and we've we created an inclusive environment because we've hired more females or we've hired more minorities. Um, but what you haven't done is created an environment in a culture where those individuals feel included, right? And feel part of the organization. So, for example, um, I could come to a meeting every day. In fact, I had a friend uh, who told me this about a, a well-known organization here in our hometown, Cedar Rapids. Um, gentleman got a promotion and started coming to these monthly executive meetings. And, you know, before meetings, you have small talk, right? And so every month when he came to the meetings, um, the guys and gals in the room would talk about things they did all weekend. Uh, you know, I went golfing. Or I, you know, I went to my boathouse, you know. And mm-hmm. and here's a gentleman who came into this room and came into this organization and be was included as part of this team. Um, but he didn't feel a part of it. He just felt like he was asked to come in the room. He didn't feel engaged because he had nothing in common. They didn't think to ask him what he did over the weekend. It just never happened. This was a continuous thing. He Ended up leaving the organization. But for a, a number of other reasons, but part of it is just not feeling a part of anything. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm just here. Right. And that's not inclusion.
0: Can I play just a devil's advocate for a second? You, you say this gentleman did not feel included in the executive group. So get involved, get yourself included, make it work. What's your you know that's that yeah. maybe that naysayer attitude. So what is what's your response
1: to that? What we'll is love the difference? to hear that. I'm glad you said that, and then we'll kind I of agree. segue into engagement. But part of I uh, an expert told me about tokenism one time, and they mentioned you know if you're the only woman in the room or the only minority in the room, you come in the room with your head up and you get yourself involved, mm-hmm. and you go to the front of the room. You don't sit in the back because your mission mm-hmm. is to let them know you belong. Yes, and then. We can bring other people that look, sound, act, talk, and walk like me with you. And that becomes engagement.
2: Right. And I think, go back just a second, yeah. it's all about the mindset. Yes. If you feel you're the only token representative, you can take it in that mindset and that perspective, or you can take that and switch it into a positive, mm-hmm. that you have the opportunity, you have the platform to make an impact and make the change. I don't know about you, but I know which one I would choose. Uh, I know which
1: one I would
0: choose. Yeah. And that's definitely, yeah. I should say, probably my, my, my own white privilege shining through, right? Because yep. I've never been in a real situation where I'm the only white person in the room. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that on the flip side is, is much more difficult. That's hard to walk into that room with your head high yep. if you feel like the outsider. Yep, Absolutely.
2: You know, I think that's something that I've been doing all along, that when I walk in, I don't, I didn't, put it that way, never thought about it in that manner. I never thought that race was my issue because I was mm-hmm. always basing my career progression on meritocracy. So I never looked at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Certain incidents. Here in Iowa did.
0: Yeah. Made yeah.
2: me full-blown okay. think about biases and uh, yeah. race, which we'll cover in some future episodes yeah. here. Yeah. So
0: I think a lot of... This is just a, probably a taste of a lot of the great conversations that are going to be coming on this podcast. But just to kind of keep it moving right now, you know, let's let's finish this up. We have our four tools that we're unpacking. So we've got equity, diversity, inclusion. And our fourth one is engagement. Sure. So unpack that a bit. What does that mean?
2: Engagement is how we feel so as a leader we want to know you need to know how your team is feeling how your talent is doing you need to connect with them if the heart is gone they are gone Mm -hmm. and that is what engagement is all about i read somewhere that the most strongest and most reliable predictor for engagement is a sense of belonging And when we know the high disengagement statistics that are out there in corporate America globally, Mm -hmm. we need to be on top of engagement and really have a sense of barometer of how people are feeling. And that's why it's how they feel, it's the heart.
1: Yep, and you'll know, so we talked earlier about the inclusion and we used that example of the the gentleman that walked in the room, but to, to basically segue to the engagement, that person, because they were in the room, but, They weren't asking. No one was asking questions of them. They didn't feel engaged. And so their ideas that that segued into I don't have any ideas about this project or this this problem we're trying to solve. If if I'm not being asked questions, I'm just kind of here. Mm -hmm. Or if I just come to work every day and I don't feel I'm a part of something that my opinion doesn't matter, um, it's not valued. I don't feel engaged and I'm going to shut down. Mm -hmm. And so you're losing intellect uh, because of that.
2: Yes, and at the end of the day, all of this is holistic. Equity, diversity, inclusion, and engagement. It's not in silos. And this is what we are talking about, the journey. How do you leverage diversity with equitable processes, inclusive behaviors, so that the individuals are feeling engaged, so your stakeholders are Mm -hmm. engaged? At the end of the day, that journey, and how do you, as global leaders, help drive this impact in your company, and how can you, as leaders, develop these skills?
0: What's a company like when you've got those four tools kind of rocking and rolling? They're all, you know, they're all firing. Everybody is kind of in the same piece. What's that feel like for an organization?
2: I think you will know because you're going to see innovation happening left and right.
1: You're going to see ideas coming from nowhere. Some of the most innovative ideas could have been brought from somebody's cultural background, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that no one ever thought of. Um, I came from overseas, and we had this great. Initiative that we use in our community in our village Mm -hmm. No one in the United States ever thought about that. How does that apply to the scientific discovery? we're doing? So even even cultural differences Allow people to think differently and so when you're engaged When you accept those and you include those conversations you become an engaged individual and you can just be yourself
2: at the end of the day. It's a Company will never get to the destination Why? Because our global economy, everything around us is always changing. So it's always a journey, Mm -hmm. but innovation is one. Workplace culture is gonna be amazing. They're gonna have talent knocking on their door to wanna work there. Mm -hmm. Um, Cost of doing business. They're gonna be able to retain their talent. The retention is gonna be high. And a lot of times retention, we've seen in some industries where they say, we have a high retention. But guess what? They may have high retention, but their engagement is low. Yep. So that's another thing that we will get into in some of our future episodes. That right. yeah. Don't think that just because you have retention that the engagement is there necessarily. Right.
1: You know, you, you, we've all heard those stories about companies that, you know, I just go to work to get a paycheck. There's a lot of companies that do that, um, a lot of organizations that they pay really well, and they don't lose employees because they pay well. But they're not engaged. Nothing's right. being created. Mm-hmm. Or they're, the
2: government sector. They okay. have high benefits, compensation Great package. Benefit, yeah. And so...
1: So all those things keep you there, but you're not being creative. Okay.
0: So we're going to close up the show, I think, as we're wrapping up with kind of a fun exercise uh, that you're – I have not done this before. You're going to introduce <laughs> this to us. So tell us, Michael uh, what's in your hand right there?
2: Oh, Adam, you're in for a treat. What <laughs> okay. I have in my hand is a thumb ball. Okay. I am going to throw it at you. Oh, I don't perfect. know how great you are at catching.
0: Throw it really hard. I, I
2: should ask. I don't know how great I am at throwing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I should say as a newspaper editor, I'm used to having things thrown at me, so this should be fine. Oh, good. You're perfect. Touche. fine.
2: So a thumb ball, it's a great way to break the ice. It's a ball that has many questions on it, and the intent is that when I throw it at you, that you're going to catch it, and wherever your thumb lands, you need to read the question, and then you need to honestly answer the question. This is a diversity thumb ball. They have many different kinds of thumb ball, but this is one that doesn't mess around, I'll tell you. All yeah, right? okay. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to show you So are we going to
0: throw it? At, uh, listeners, we are seated in a triangle formation right now. Are we going to go around the triangle? Or how is this, is this?
2: You know what? You just have to be on your toes. Okay, yeah, will we'll be on, throw on it, toes. I could throw it at Anthony. I could throw it at you. And I could be aiming at Anthony, and it may go to you.
0: Okay, so. all right. Well, let's just Diversity try a couple rounds. Diversity comes from all directions. Thumbball, here we go. What's our biggest challenge when it comes to achieving social equality? I think that's a great question. Um, Again, thinking about equity and equality, making sure people um, have access. Um, I think that social equality is uh, really, I, I just, I really believe it's a personal thing. I'm a big believer that America is the sum of kind of all of our decisions through the course of the day. So I think it's really just a matter of interpersonal learning to open up to other people and learning to listen to people. And um, hopefully that builds some kind of social understanding, I think, for folks so they're more inclined to open up those opportunities.
1: Yeah. Great answer. Yeah. I I don't know if that's any good, but that's just off the dome right there. That's good. No. (laughs) I like to call them water cooler conversations. Yeah, I was just going to say. I
0: I know there's definitely big structural issues, and I don't have answers for those, but I also think a a part of the solution is just talking to people, meeting people. I've I've found Mm -hmm. in my own life. The more you get to know someone um, and talk and talk with them and be in their shoes, I think more understanding comes and
1: you're able to collaborate better. Absolutely.
2: absolutely agree. Absolutely. Agree.
1: Yeah. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we I'm go. ready. All right. A time you shared an unpopular idea. <laughs> wow. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't get that Which one. Which one do you want to pick? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. So... I guess around diversity and inclusion, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've shared a lot of unpopular ideas. <laughs> in this context, I would say I was in a meeting, and I want to say, not too long ago, actually, and um, it was about African American hair. Okay. It was about the biases and and uh, stereotypes of African American women and their hair, and how that affects them in the business community. and And uh, as an African American man, I actually. Uh, asked the devil's advocate question in this group, yeah, and so um, it was an un, I think it was an unpopular question, um, <laughs> but I asked it, and I yeah. think it was important. And we had a healthy discussion about it. We'll save that for another okay. topic. You're but gonna my, save my, that. I was my, gonna ask you My point you is, it is, that I asked the question. Um, I challenged, I, I a little bit challenged the stereotype of black women's hair in the workplace today versus ten years ago, and I think there was some okay. differences of opinion. So okay, great, mm. that's great.
0: All right, last one. Let's All go. All right, you
1: ready? Sarca. I'm ready,
2: I'm ready. Ah. Nice catch. Thank you. In what ways can we support people with physical disabilities?
0: Hmm.
2: I think Adam, when you talk about empathy, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest ways that we can help support them is being empathetic to their situation because actually is one of the largest growing populations. Hmm we may not know if someone has some kind of a disability i have in my own family physical disabilities as well and i guess for me it would be empathy
0: just getting to know that person and understanding what they need
2: absolutely absolutely i
0: think that's a great point thank you you two i think you know this is so exciting again um from the cbj on behalf of the cbj we're excited to have uh, these courageous conversations with you two um and looking forward to you know the great um, conversations with high profile leaders from around the country i mean i think this is going to be really beneficial uh for sarika bacta anthony arrington i'm adam moore at cbj thanks we'll see you guys next time straight up
2: straight up
0: been listening to diversity straight up a corridor business journal podcast presented by collins aerospace and the city of cedar rapids for more from the corridor business journal please visit corridorbusiness.com this episode was produced by joe coffee of coffee grande studios